Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm happy to have you join. And as always, thank you for subscribing and listening and downloading. Please tell your friends. And if you feel so inclined, I'd love for you to leave a quick review on iTunes. That would be really, really nice. So today's episode was another episode that we recorded live from the Ascend Conference in Washington, D.C. That was brought to you by WebPT. And I'm so thankful to the folks at WebPT for allowing me to do a couple of interviews on site while I was there. And this is one more. So last week, we had Rick Gawenda and had a lot of positive feedback from that. We'll probably have him back on to expand a bit on what he spoke about. So if you missed that, head on over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and make sure you listen. If you are a physical therapist using any type of evaluation codes, it is a must listen. Now in today's podcast, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Scott Hebert. So Scott is a physical therapist, software developer, CEO and founder of Strive Labs and lover of Buffalo chicken pizza. We can let that last one slide since he is such a nice guy. Now, what did we talk about? Today we spoke about how Strive Labs manages customer relationships from acquisition to retention the most important business metrics for physical therapy owners. And people, you don't need anything fancy to do this. You can do all of this on a budget for really little to nothing. How to calculate your net promoter score and what the net promoter score is and why that's important to you and why you should care. And crafting relevant email campaigns for current and prospective patients. So let me tell you a little bit more about Strive Labs. So Strive Labs, they are changing the way individuals and health systems manage the most common health conditions in the United States, musculoskeletal disease. Their care management platform enables healthcare providers to inform, engage, and empower their patients to reach their recovery goals and avoid chronic injury. They have a team of creative thinkers, healthcare professionals, industry experts, and technologists all working together to develop new solutions for improving the patient experience. And in 2017, which they did announce at the Ascend Conference, Strive Labs became part of the WebPT family. So congratulations to to Strive Labs and to WebPT. Um, So during this conversation, I think this was sort of Oh, I think maybe after the last day. So you'll hear a lot of like background noise. I think there was some singing going on in the background uh, from some of the uh, people at WebPT. So they were happy. We were happy. Scott was great. He kind of breaks down some of these metrics that you should be uh, taking into account if you are a business owner. Makes it really easy. Um, So enjoy today's episode, everyone, and have a great week. Hey, everyone. So I am coming to you live from the Ascend event uh, hosted by WebPT in Washington, D.C., and I'm lucky enough to be sitting here with Scott Hebert of Strive Labs, so thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Karen. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit more, what does Strive Labs do? Yeah, so Strive Labs is a patient relationship management company. Uh, What we do is we build software to help practices manage uh, two of the most important variables that affect their clinic. That's patient retention and then patient acquisition. So essentially, how can you help get 
more patients into your practice, and then once they're in there, how can you keep them sticky and keep them from dropping out? We build software that integrates with medical record systems to make that process really easy. And are you a PT? I am a PT, yes. And Ryan's a PT? Ryan is a PT. Both okay. myself and my co-founder, uh, Ryan, went to PT school in Connecticut, Quinnipiac University, mm-hmm. Bobcats, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated in 2012, and uh, we're pretty crummy PTs uh, because we started the company and uh, moved us up to Boston about a month after we got our licenses. So uh, we have practiced along the way, but uh, life took us in a different path than maybe we expected while in PT school, but... We're very happy for right, it. Right, but still working within the PT arena, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So you're still impacting the profession, just maybe not in, in the way that you thought you were going to when you went into school, right? Yeah, exactly. So we've, right now, we've uh, through the software, we've managed over 2 million uh, patient cases, and uh, that's pretty incredible. I think that's far beyond what uh, both Ryan or I would have been able to treat in our own lifetime. So uh, definitely a different pathway, but yeah, we're, we're bullish and really passionate about the PT industry, for sure. Yeah, that's great. And now... And we can have a whole conversation on using your PT degree for something else, (laughs) but we won't do that right now unless we have time at the end. But, you know, you talked about different variables and metrics that you guys uh, supply to physical therapists. So in your opinion, what are the most important metrics for a physical therapy business owner to know about their practice? Yeah, there's a a lot of them. Um, But, you know, for I think the sake of time and, and to really provide the most value here, let's focus on sort of the biggies. Um, and really, I think I can focus on one because it's actionable and it can immediately help your practice improve uh, what you do every day. And so one of the things we talk about a lot is this uh, concept of the net promoter score. Are you familiar with NPS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of it, you've most likely received this survey before in the past. And so the NPS is that question, it's a friends or family question. How likely would you be to recommend my practice to a friend or a family member? And it's scored on a scale from zero to 10, where uh, really what you're looking for is the percentage of what are called promoters. Those are people who score a nine or a 10. Subtract that by the percentage of detractors. And detractors are anyone who scores a six or below. And uh, once you kind of analyze that, what you start to realize is where your score is. And there's a lot of benefits to NPS and why it's something that should be measured. The biggest of which is that it's a measure of loyalty. So we talk about satisfaction all the time, this concept of satisfaction, and satisfaction is important. Satisfaction is the foundation of any good business. Um, But what people have started to realize, and this goes beyond just PT, this is just in the general business community, is that um, satisfaction in many ways is kind of worthless, right? Loyalty is what's priceless. And and here's sort of the reason why. Um, Take PT as the example. What we tend to find is that satisfied patients are no more likely to come back and see you the next time they get injured, right? Loyal patients are. So as you try to build your practice and build a sustainable foundation for its growth, you really need to focus in on those who are the most loyal and drive loyalty rather than just satisfaction. So um, in terms of metrics, if there's one thing you're trying to really start measuring, there's obviously a million clinic metrics that are necessary to to be able to grow your practice and sustain it. Um, But the biggest one that we recommend that a lot of people aren't measuring right now is that that net promoter score, that NPS. Yeah, so it kind of gives you an idea of who are your raving fans, right? Exactly, yep. And and then that, we can hypothesize, leads to those people referring other people to you and so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. They call them promoters because that's exactly what they do. Um, So these are the people where... 
you can identify who these people are, um, they're the ones who are most likely to do things like fill out a review online. They're the most likely to tell their friends and family about you. That's the question. Um, and they're the people who are going to be what we call your walking, talking billboards. They're what you're going to grow your practice around. Um, they're very, very important. On the flip side, the detractors are equally important to identify. Um, what we found in our analysis is that detractors come to five fewer visits than promoters. So if you're surveying early and often in care, you can use that detractor identification to do what we call service recovery, right? Uh, to reach out and affect the experience in a way to try to solve the problem that caused them to be dissatisfied or um, to, to potentially to disloyal customers. And so can you explain how one gets their net promoter score? Yeah. So if let's take an example. Let's say I'm coming to you for physical therapy. Yep. You email me a survey of some sort. Is that how it goes? Yeah, so there's a number of ways to do it. Here's what we recommend. Um, we recommend doing it uh, divorced of the individual encounter. So right now, I think a lot of practices are used to giving a satisfaction score at the end of care in clinic. And there's a lot of problems with that. In the clinic? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, no we one's going to give you a bad right. score so, in the clinic. So that's what we see, right? <laughs> so um, last year at PPS, we had a group of about 400 PTs raise their hand. And we said, okay, put your hand down when we get below what your satisfaction score is, right? And Or actually, we went up. And uh, basically, the, the vast majority of the room still had their hand up, and we were at, we were at 95. And so it was only then that you started to see it come down. And so there's this big ceiling effect problem in satisfaction, one. But two, generally... I think we actually do a pretty good job as a profession. We have pretty satisfied patients, but we don't have loyal patients. So for NPS, what we recommend is we love email. And part of Strive Lab's system, what we do is we make managing and sending that email really simple. But you don't need a tool like Strive to do it if you're just looking to do NPS. There's tools like SurveyMonkey, which you can do it right now. Uh -huh. um, or you can do it manually and just send it out. You can send it out via text message. Always nice to have some way to aggregate that data on the back end, um, but there are free or lower cost tools just to measure NPS as a starting point. And yeah, you're asking that question. How likely would you be to recommend our practice to a friend or family member on that zero to 10 scale? And so- And that's the only question. That is one question. Now- That's it. There's a caveat. That's that's uh -huh. the beauty of the question, okay. right? It's because it's a one question survey. Now there is, um, best practice says, what you can do is once they click the button and tell you what score it is, you link them to a, to a second page that just asks another question. What's the number one reason for why you gave that score? So you get both this quantitative data as well as an opportunity well, for qualitative, qualitative data. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so <clears throat> within Strive, what we help practices do is identify trends, tag those trends, segment those trends by therapist or practice, but again, you know, if you're just starting out, you're a one therapist or a couple therapists in a practice, you can manage all these things yourself using relatively low cost tools to do that. Right, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so has anyone ever gotten all nines and tens? Yes, yeah, so what happens for sure. Uh -huh. um, here's what we've looked at. So we've got uh, a little over a million scores so far that we've analyzed, about a thousand practices across the country. And when you look at sort of benchmarking in PT, here's what the early data suggests. Um, the median score is an 84. So definitely skews high. Mm -hmm. That's high. That's that's kind of world class in the traditional NPS standpoint. Mm -hmm. But healthcare typically ranks a little bit higher. Our hypothesis is PT does too because we spend so much time with our patients. Mm -hmm. um, top ten percent is anything above a ninety. Bottom ten percent is anything below a seventy-five. Okay. So you still have this kind of nice bell curve. It's definitely Certainly skewed right. Skewing, yeah. Yep, skewing yep. to the to the higher end. But it doesn't skew as steeply as like a satisfaction score does traditionally. Right. It's a little bit more actionable in how you can manage it. Okay. They both provide value, but um, certainly can start to benchmark yourself around that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so 
one metric that everyone in your opinion would you say should be doing with their practice is the MPS score yeah okay. I, there's no reason why a practice shouldn't okay. be doing it okay is is there another metric that you would recommend for a practice yeah so um, this kind of goes hand in hand but uh, so so you know number one is NPS but two which is correlated to that um, I'm gonna give you just again this is a you go with a non-standard metric um, but that's the number of Google reviews your business has and uh, again, this is not your traditional visits per case or cancel no-show percentage, but it can be equally important towards your business's ability to grow. Um, so one thing every practice should be doing, regardless of size, even if it's just a, you're a single therapist mm -hmm. uh, just starting out, is register your business on Google. Go to Google My Business, register your business, build a business profile. Um, and what that allows you to do is immediately start showing up in those local listings. So when someone searches physical therapy in my city, my state, you're there. And that's gonna be the foundation for your long-term optimization through search. And what we know, and you know, obviously Karen, with your model, you're really familiar with this, people are looking for help. They're looking for ways to improve their health, they're looking for ways to fix you know, that, that episode of care. And so if they're looking for physical therapy, you need to be able to be present in that local region. Why I say it's related to NPS is because um, you can use these two together really well. Because again, with those promoters, by just simply asking each promoter a few days after they score, um, will you fill out a Google review for me? And linking them right there, you can immediately start to rank up a lot of high quality reviews. And that review consistency and that review number uh, is what's ultimately gonna allow your business to rank higher. So we've seen practices that maybe are one clinic location. Um, there's one that just meeting with the practice owners here at the conference um, is in Alexandria, Virginia, 82 reviews, right? One location. And Amazing. Of course, it's number one, right? You go and look for look for physical therapy in that area, it's, it's coming right up. And so uh, having that as sort of the, the, the foundation of his online presence can be really helpful to a practice regardless of size. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And you could probably see the wheels in my head yeah. turning like, hmm, I'm not doing this with my patients <laughs> and maybe I should have them fill out a Google review. Yeah. Um, do you find that Within, I guess within Strive Labs, I know you guys do some email, mm -hmm. uh, I hate to say funnel systems, yeah, no, right? exactly it, yep. Um, I hate that term funnel, I hate it, <laughs> I hate it's, it. It's, anyway, that's a side note. That's fair. Yeah. That's a side note, yeah. but do you find that patients get annoyed by the amount of emails? Can you tailor, like what is the, in, if you've done any research mm -hmm. on this, and I don't know if you have, have. but the optimum number of emails that is okay yeah so here's how we like to look at this so so you've seen this across industry and, and so I, I don't have an industry benchmark necessarily to say the quantity so how many but but what we typically allow practices to do is we tell you tell them to really closely monitor two things that's open rate and unsubscribe rate and so the hypothesis being that you hit that annoyance threshold the open rate dives down because people just delete right away and the unsub rate goes up higher and higher so what we recommend for practices who use Strive Lab, and certainly, Karen, we do a lot of what you said, right, where we set up, we call them campaigns. Yeah. Um, and so you're, you're, you're setting up ways to send the right message to the right patient at the right time. What we find is if you're providing relevance and you're making that contextual, so you're sending maybe um, information about their condition a couple days after their first visit. So not just a generic newsletter gets sent out to everybody and some grandma with low back pain or a total hip replacement is seeing something for a high level 20 year old athlete, athlete yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you're able to provide tailored, customizable content. And uh, what we say is watch open rate. We want open rate to be at or above 
and that just for context is insanely that's high. way high insanely high because in and i know this because i send out yeah. things through i use mailchimp same, same. so the Ideal, because on MailChimp now they have those metrics up there for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like 16% or 18% is considered good. Great, great. Yeah. That's for an open rate. That's considered good. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we push for even higher. And again, why we're doing that is, and why we've been successful at helping practices achieve that is, again, it's all about contextual relevance. So this idea of right message, right patient, right time automatically, meaning you don't have to touch it. There's a lot of power there. So we we shoot for that sort of open rate threshold. Now, I'll be honest, there are certainly some contents that don't perform as well, and there's other other areas, but um, it's very much possible. We try to get the majority of of, uh, email drips that are being sent to to hit that quality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then unsubscribe rate, right? So you want unsubscribe rate to be well below a percent. Um, And uh, it's gonna affect a lot of things. I could go into all the technical stuff, but sendability and other potential problems if that unsubscribe rate's Mm -hmm. taken up. But, um, But, that's sort of the, the pseudo way we analyze, are we sending too much? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how we go about it. Yeah, fair enough. And again, I think you have to know your patients too, and you have to ask your patients mm-hmm. if they want to be emailed. Exactly. You just can't start emailing no. them, right? No, yeah, so um, not, I, again, I am not a lawyer. My yeah, wife is, neither is one, one so I'm, this is not providing legal advice, but um, every practice should talk to their counsel or their you know mm-hmm. their lawyer who, they, who they're working with um, about setting up some form of a notice of privacy practice. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're being transparent on the forefront, you're saying, hey, here's how I'm gonna communicate with you. Do you mm-hmm. consent to me communicating with you in this way? Um, you can be successful and compliant mm-hmm. in communicating, whether that's through means that traditional Traditionally, aren't HIPAA compliant, like email or text message. Um, the way the law is actually structured is that you're actually obligated to communicate the way the patient would like to communicate. Correct. So um, just because it may not be as secure doesn't mean that you can't communicate that way. You just have to get consent to do so. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So now I think that that's good for having those sort of most important metrics. So we covered the MPS score, Google reviews, and I guess ideal number of emails yeah. and things like that sent, which. Hopefully everyone can see how all those tie together to uh, keeping those patients loyal for retention and for marketing and to help your business grow. So that's great. Now, let's say you're a small practice, kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but if you're a small practice and you don't have the capital, you can't hire Strive Labs, you can't have all this, you know, very elaborate stuff like, I don't know what else is there. What's that other email thing that's super expensive? Infusionsoft? Yeah, Yeah. Infusionsoft, all that kind of stuff. Um, So what can we do as a small practice to to accomplish all this without all the extra bells and whistles? Yeah, so so how we typically look at it is we say, if you are just a single therapist who just opened your practice and it's just you, patient relationship management software is probably not necessary at that level. Um, because you know the relationship with every single patient. You treat them. You treat them. You treat them. That makes so much sense. Now, that being said, Building a relationship even outside of the practice is really important. And, um, you know, what I always recommend is just to get started. And so there are really low cost tools, things like MailChimp, um, like I said, for surveying, things like SurveyMonkey. Obviously, on both, you want to make sure that you're doing it in a way that's HIPAA compliant. Again, work through it to ensure that you're, you're going through the right process. But um, just even like some of the minimal things, like I said, getting a Google My Business account, making sure that you're showing up in search asking people for reviews. A lot of times you know who's going to be your promoters and who, who aren't. So if you know someone is, the best way to get a review is just to ask. <laughs> and the second best way is to ask, plus have your review link open on your phone or theirs. or To make it easy. Show them and say, hey, can you, do you mind doing it right now? Um, 
these things are just interactions, right? At, at the end of the day, we call our software relationship management software. Um, and the reason why any physical therapy practice is successful, it can grow from one therapist to 10, 20, 50 locations, however large, is because at the start, they were able to build those relationships that mattered. So where a tool like Strive comes into play is as you're trying to scale and really grow things out, um, you need a system. Uh, to be able to do that at, at a larger scale. And even sometimes larger scale is just two clinics, right? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, in the early days, it's all about just getting started, get that foundational online presence, start measuring Net Promoter from the early days, just so you've got it as a, as a foundational benchmark and you're measuring loyalty from day mm -hmm. one. Um, and then leverage that data in better ways so that you, you know, you're building those connections. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. So for all of those people out there who are just starting their practice and it's a one person show, um, know that there are very inexpensive ways mm -hmm. that you can accomplish some of what these larger platforms, like you said earlier, with all the bells and whistles have. So you don't necessarily need all of that yet, but when then does it become more necessary to have those bigger platforms? Yeah, so that's gonna depend. Every practice is a little different. I can't give you a sort of, a, once you hit this size, it's, it's right for you. Um, but what we tend to hear from practice owners who, who ultimately come to work with us is that that moment you start to feel like you're losing control of things, um, where you're kind of saying, well, I've hired these two new therapists and I think they're providing good care, but I, I don't really know. Or sometimes it's that first moment where you say, I don't know every patient that's come into my business. Um, that can be a moment to start considering it. Um, we usually rec we have plenty of one practice locations that are really successful on our system, but we understand that it's not necessary for every practice, and, and we'll kind of work with groups to evaluate that. Um, you know, definitely as you start to grow into multi locations, this is where it starts to play because that owner can't be in both places at both times, mm -hmm. and you, you need better systems. Yeah, we systems. Have, can't clone ourselves it's or tough. do the Hermione thing. Oh, I right? know. The, yeah, the timewinder or something along those lines. That necklace. Oh, anyway, I wish I could Harry Potter nerd this, but yeah, I know. yeah, was yeah. Time uh, whoever's lifting right, right now is really disappointed in us. But we'll, <laughs> we'll think of it as soon as we end the podcast. I know. But yeah, you can't clone yourself. I mean, that's one of the key hiring moves, right, is try to find people who sometimes you can. But, um, you know, when you start to hit that scale and, you, and you're saying, I need a better system to manage this because I can't be everywhere at the same time, um, that's a good point to give us a call. And uh, we'll start working through figuring out that the solution works, works yeah. best for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so what is next? What, what's next for Strive Labs? Yeah, so we've got a lot of exciting things in the pipeline, um, some of which you know, you'll be hearing more about shortly from a product standpoint, but I can tell you, I think a couple of really big things that are that are top of mind right now. Um, so at the Ascend conference, uh, we actually just announced uh, something really major. Uh, it's been taking up a big part of my day-to-day -day life, um, and it's probably the most important development for the company that's, that's happened in our history. Um, we joined the WebPT family. So Strive Labs is now a WebPT company. Um, we're directly uh, affiliated and supported by WebPT, which is really, really exciting. And, and that's exciting for us as a team, but it's really exciting for our customers, not just the customers who are on WebPT, but customers all across the uh, PT industry, regardless of the EMR that they use. And, and here's why. Um, when we decided to, to join the family, we did so under some conditions, and, and one of them was we were most interested in supporting the entire industry. And so that meant being EMR agnostic, which was a tough ask um, mm -hmm. for an EMR company that obviously had a, an interest in just making this an exclusive for only WebPT. Um, 
And for us, that's not what gets us excited. Uh, we, we did this, we stopped being therapists and went down a software road um, because we wanted to be able to affect change. And so um, the commitment of WebPT to building an open platform, one that can integrate um, with people, other companies who compete directly with WebPT, um, is something that the senior management team is really passionate about. And building solutions that can be used in a standalone manner is going to be something you're going to see a lot more from WebPT and something that we're really trying to push the industry forward on. Um, we've always taken a, a lead in interoperability. We, inter, uh, we integrate with 15 different EMR systems right now. And um, we're firm believers that regardless of the practice we work with, the data that they send us is their data. So they have every right. So we want to make that data liquidity, um, again, that data as liquid as possible. We want to make it really easy for them to move it between systems. And so that's a that's a commitment from the team um, that's happening right now. So obviously that's, that's a big change. And you can learn more about that on our blog. Um, and then the other biggest thing that we're doing is uh, continuing to develop more direct one-to-one -one tools for uh, therapists and their patients. What does that mean? Yeah, so we just um, released uh, some updates to our uh, exercise prescription tool. So part of the Strive Hub platform is not just that right message, right patient, right time. We also have clinical tools that look just like uh, HEP, exercise prescription tool. The beauty of it is it actually syncs up to an, a really nice online portal. We just released our um, iPhone and Android apps to support that. So that allows things like uh, real-time um, communication between patients and providers. It also allows patients to view their exercise information in video format uh, right, on, right through the app, do some really nice uh, goal setting and reminders through the application. So um, that's been a big development. It's our first mobile product, so we're really excited to get that out to the App Store, and, and that's available now. So you're going to be seeing a lot more product being built from the team, and um, now that we've got the support and backing of WebPT uh, already an industry leader right now with over 10,000 practices, um, we're excited to bring that experience um, and, and forward thinking to the Strive community and really continue to expand it throughout the PT industry. Well, it sounds like you guys are super busy. We are very, very busy. <laughs> we're also hiring. So if anybody who's <laughs> listening to this, um, uh, like I said, both Ryan and I are PTs. We love hiring PTs. So I think PTs are awesome for all sorts of roles. Um, if you're interested in potentially joining our team, uh, you can head to strivelabs.com careers and uh, check out some of the open listings we have. That's great. Well, thanks so much for taking time out. Again, we are at the Ascend event in Washington, D.C., hosted by WebPT. And um, I also just want to say quickly before we finish, and that is um, WebPT just announced a giving back yeah. initiative. So if you go to webpt.com slash donate, it's, um, it's not a WebPT thing. I no, shouldn't say that. No, not it at is all. a rehab therapist give back, yeah. and it is uh, intended to raise money for the multitude of national and international disasters that have happened over the past couple of months from the three hurricanes that just hit uh, Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico and the wildfires in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, so if anyone listening wants to donate, go to webpt.com slash donate. The APTA is pledged to uh, dollar, for dollar, dollar for dollar match up to ten thousand yeah. dollars, and their goal is to to get a million dollars, and it's one hundred percent tax deductible. So you will get all of that um, once you donate. Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent excellent program. Heidi's been leading the charge on that, and uh, we're we're so excited to to be participating in that as well. So yeah, it's, it's an excellent program. It's they've, great they've stuff. So definitely everybody check that out. And then my last question is, what advice would you give to yourself 
Knowing where you are now in your life and your career, what advice would you give yourself as a new grad? Oh, as a new grad, um, I would recommend that if you haven't already, to go and get yourself a puppy because uh, dogs make your life better. And uh, regardless of the stage you're at in your career, everything is better when you can come home to a cuddly puppy. So just go get a dog. Fair enough, and he has a monster dog. Um, so, well, thanks, Scott, so much. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me and taking thanks, the Karen. time out here. And everybody, thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.